welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community, brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron, and today I'm joined by the OG But Why Though podcaster himself, Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And our very larger-than-life cosplayer and resident One Piece fanatic, Nisha. Hey, y'all. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing well. Going ready to talk about pop culture stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excited. Episode six of the podcast. We're really streaming along with these things. It's nice. All right. And this week, we are going to be talking about the latest trailers. Uh, even though it's been a bit of a quiet week, we still, we've managed to dig up a couple of things. Um, talking about Weird, the Al Yankovic story, uh, Wendell and Wild. And I think we've got a little bit of information from Adrian as far as some Facebook gaming news. So we're excited to hear a little bit about that. Uh, our weekly topic this week focuses on the booming success of the HBO original, uh, such as The House of Dragon. And even amidst all the criticism, and we just talked about this in the last podcast with Kate and Matt, uh, you know, prior to this series, a lot of people were kind of like, ah, you know, Game of Thrones and HBO Max, but still managed to knock it out the park so we really want to get into the details of that we're excited to dive into this one and then lastly adrian nisha and myself will be giving you some thoughts on some of the great things that we've been watching and doing lately that we think you should be doing as well so let's dive into the latest trailers that have caught our eyes since we last recorded and at the top of the bill we have to jump in and talk about weird the Al Yankovic story. So guys, seen the trailer? <laughs> it's so hard to say, but what did you think of the madness? I mean, I liked it. It's intriguing. Um, the trailer is very long, though. I, it feels weird to say that, like right off the bat, two minutes and fifty, two minutes and fifty seconds. And I feel like Adrian, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Like it feels like it gives a lot away, but. I am intrigued to know more about Weird Al. If someone told me like you're you're gonna be interested in a Weird Al biopic, I might have told them why. I was gonna say I I think it's an interesting choice because not just it's a Weird Al biopic, but you've got front and center Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, and this guy is just he's just picking whatever he wants at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. Adrian, how do you feel about uh, Daniel Radcliffe being front and center? Yeah, if you told me like you know, my elementary middle school self who's listening to Weird Al that Weird Al in a parody movie, parody biopic is going to be played by Harry Potter. I don't think I would have believed you. Uh, it's it's truly, truly a weird timeline, but it works because it's Weird Al, right? And it's obviously that's going to be like overdramatic and probably like 10% mm-hmm. of it's actually going to be true. So I'm with it. I think Weird Al's a funny guy. I love Daniel Radcliffe, especially when he does like this this smaller stuff that like a small percentage of people sees. I think that's where he gets to do stuff like this and be, be the craziest. I don't know when I'll watch it. I don't got a Roku and I don't think I'm going to go buy a Roku to watch the weird Al movie. Um, but I, when, when I, however I get to see it, I'm, I'm going to be entertained. I'm sure. But yeah, three minutes, that's like a big percentage of your movie in, in one thing. And I think it's just because like, they're like worried that people aren't going to go watch it if they don't see like the jokes and stuff. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. It's it's definitely the weird trifecta. I mean, 
You've got mm-hmm. one choosing to do a Weird Al biopic in the beginning is a weird thing to do. Like, you've got to think, well, who's going to watch this? Then you cast Daniel Radcliffe. And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm interested. Daniel Radcliffe's done some weird things, but he's usually pretty good. Like, when he dives into something, he, he really mm-hmm. likes to get into his role and get into the character. And then you put it on the Roku channel, which is just completes the weird triangle. And it, it's just... It's interesting, I guess. I, I'm curious to see what effect this has for the Roku channel because I myself have owned a Roku in some form or fashion over the last six, seven years. But I can honestly say I've never really looked much on the Roku channel to see what's there. So for them to lead in with an original is interesting. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they like picked it up from somewhere or you know, you know, someone else produced it. It's just odd. It's very odd. Like, no one shows... Again, with Daniel Radcliffe, you'd sure someone would have picked it up. Hell, Netflix has got Stranger Things. You know, not literally Stranger Things, but Stranger right. Films available. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for that. It worked. It, just it like, worked. It, it, it worked. Hey, we'll go with it. We'll go Own with it. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's, I was going to say, Adrian, you make a very interesting point. Like, Because I was under the assumption with the Roku channel, I think it's just a free app like so i think it's kind of like a small app i'm I'm not sure if you can get it everywhere or access or you specifically have to own a roku device to to get it so well yeah i mean that's all i know about roku because like back in the day like before we had like cable and stuff we had a little roku and a fire stick and it like that helped Mm -hmm. us you know stream stuff so my assumption as a person who doesn't know too much to think i have to like go buy a little roku device to do it if i can get it like on like my xbox or you know our smart tv and it's free i'm down I'm not paying though. I, I'm I'm over. <laughs> I'm yeah. so over it. I'm so. I'm over patient. So... I've, I have learned that I can be patient enough for things to come out later, and I will watch it when they're available in ma- in mass forms. So, yeah. I mean, I I guess I'm more intrigued because I recently binged that Milo Murphy's Law Disney show, and apparently Weird Al is the voice of the kid. And oh. yes, he makes a lot of the song. It's like a spinoff. Not even a spinoff. It takes place in the Phineas and Ferb universe. Okay. Which I was just like, this is what happens when we are exhausted and in grad school and we need a comfort show and we just pick something <laughs> on Disney Plus and we learn weird facts. And yeah, now I am more of a fan of Weird Al. So I probably will watch it, but like if I have to pay for it, no. <laughs> so I'm with right. you, Adrian. I'm not paying for it, but I am yeah. intrigued enough to watch it. Well, and I was going to say, and it's interesting as well, because not only does it star, obviously, Daniel Radcliffe as Al Yankovic, but it also has Evan Rachel Wood, who's going to be uh, playing Madonna, Rain mm-hmm. Wilson as Dr. Demento, and uh, Quinta Brunson, who's going to be playing Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, which, okay. uh, obviously, from, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, Why can't and she was just in the show as well, uh... Yeah, Adrian, you were watching the show, the elementary school show set in Philadelphia. Why am I blanking? Abbott Elementary. Oh, Abbott Elementary. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. <laughs> I love it so much. But so good. Quinta is, she's fantastic. Yeah, I, she's I love amazing. following her on, on Twitter as well. She's yeah. fen- a phenomenal follower on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it, curious to see. I mean, it has quite the cast list. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see all these people and see what they're going to bring to this. So. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I actually forgot to write when that's coming down, but uh, I'll circle back around. It says uh, November f- November fourth. There we go. No- November fourth. It's coming to a, It's coming to the Toronto International Film Festival September 
September eighth. So I'm sure. I I was I was someone... gonna say I've got to say I I am just excited for this mainly because of Daniel Radcliffe because like most mm. of the work I've seen him in post Harry Potter has been like he's picked some really weird projects. And he usually kills it. Like, he's very yeah. good. I don't know if you've seen, like, um, Guns Akimbo. I don't it's know if bonkers. I saw that one. I saw the Absolute one bonkers. where he, wait, is he the dead body? Or is somebody else the dead body and they're stranded on an <laughs> island? I know he's in it. And then there's <laughs> it one. It sounds like something. He and did. then there's one where he's turning into a literal demon. I watched it years oh, ago. Horns, horns. Horns, I think that horns. Was horns. Yeah. Yes, yes. That, I do like a lot of his, like, choices following Harry Potter where it's just, like, He's really gotten to explore and experiment with comedy, but then also like dark themes too. Yeah. And well, yeah, I guess that Escape from Pretoria one, where he's, where he's the the guy who escapes. I guess I'm the famous guy who escaped in prison in uh, oh, South cool. Africa. Uh, wow. I, I don't know. I heard him talking about it on Hot Ones or whatever, but that seemed like a very like that's a much different role than Horns or. Harry Potter or anything, mm-hmm. so he's his brain is just growing. Well, I was gonna say he growing. was recently in um, the Lost City on uh, it came out in cinemas and it's on Paramount Plus right now with uh, Sandra Bullock. And yes, yes that's right. And yeah, that. yeah, and he, he was plays, good. He plays an evil English bad guy, and I was yeah. just like, he 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 pulls it off. He he's does. really he good. It. Yeah, he's funny. He, he, uh, that was a really good film. Really. All right, you thing. sold me. I'm gonna. I'll find a way to watch it now. Just for Daniel. I think we've learned from this is that we also need to plan a Daniel Radcliffe appreciation weekend in the yeah, Why exactly. Discord yeah. community. Daniel Radcliffe matters, but why though? <laughs> but we yeah. can't like. But no Harry Potter movies. That that. Yeah. Be good. yeah. No, we I was gonna say yeah. Harry Potter movies. His other yeah. stuff. You know, when he was yeah. like an adult and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. An actual person. All right, moving on to our next trailer of the week, uh, Wendell and Wild, uh, directed by Henry Selleck, who was also the director on Caroline, Nightmare Before Christmas, and James and the Giant Peach, among others, coming to Netflix October 8th, and it stars Key and Peele as two demons, Wendell and Wild, uh, and a young girl, Cat, uh, played by Lyric Ross. Nisha, you've got a bit more about the synopsis of this one. Yeah, so it's about, we kind of touched on it, it's the two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wilde, must face their arch nemesis, the demon-busting nun, Sister Helly, and her two acolytes, the goth teens, Cat and Raul. However, Raul cannot see them, so Cat helps Wendell and Wilde to help him. So, yeah, and the trailer dropped this week, and gotta say... <laughs> Where the Weird Al trailer definitely did not gave us a lot of information. Wendell and Wild kept it pretty tight. Like all we saw is the girl who I'm assuming is Cat go and try to get a bear out of a drawer. <laughs> and then once she gets the door the drawer open, you were like it just it it goes back to like a speaker or a radio. I'm just like, Okay, well you got me. <laughs> Sign me up. It has Jordan Peele involved and we get to get key. Also, yes, yeah, so I'm like, sign Well, me I was going to say, it's been a while since we've had Key and Peele together. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of exciting, and it looks like that kind of uh, tone as far as very comedic and dark, which they'll yes. really kind of play off each other really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's exciting, and it's uh, Claymation? I always forget. Claymation, stop motion, with whatever it's called. I'm not sure. Like that, it's that yeah, Coraline it's animation. Yeah. Like, you, um, I really, really like 
this style of animation and I miss it because we don't really get that much like I know there's other ones like there was Frank and Weenie we've had obviously the OG um Nightmare Before Christmas and then Coraline like those are just some that come off the top of my head but like I just yeah. feel like I have we haven't seen any like this in a while there was that one about the boy I can't remember it but he's like Matthew McConaughey was randomly in it, and it's he. And Matthew McConaughey was a samurai beetle, and I'm blanking because I can't remember <laughs> what it was called. But it, like, I just haven't seen a movie done like this in a while, so I find it really refreshing because I don't know about you guys. I mean, there's always gonna be a CGI animation, which isn't bad, but I miss other me like forms of animation. I was gonna say it, it adds a. A bit more flavor to it especially with like mm -hmm. today's generation like they you know the younger generations might not be as familiar with the style i know my kids i've tried to introduce them to you know different things but most of what they know is heavily computer generated cgi which again is mm -hmm. is fine it's just how they've grown up but it'll be interesting to see and watch something like this where it was so common when we were growing up um, yeah so it's, it's kind of interesting adrian what did you think from what you've seen so far Yes, I think the last uh, stop motion movie I saw was probably Isle of Dogs, like pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, banger, by the way, you should go see it. But it's cool, like, because uh, like, you also have the Pinocchio one to stop motion, too. So we have, like, two pretty oh, the, big... Uh, the Guillermo del Toro one. Yeah, so you have some pretty two big ones coming out that are stop motion, which I'm with. Um and for this one, like, I, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the trailer. Because all you need to tell me is that mm -hmm. the director of, of the premier stop, stop motion, you know, claymation thing is teaming up with Jordan Peele and uh, he. So, like, I don't know, what else do you need? What else do you need? I'm, I'm in. Um, I saw some of, like, the, 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 the images on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, that like reminds me so much of like a weird Coraline James and the type peach yes, yes. kind of um, merge of like the, the styles. Cause you know, if you know his work, you know that he does different styles for everything. It's not all just one, one claymation style. So it seems really, really interesting. And I like that they didn't give us anything because it's, you know, Jordan Peele and when does he give us anything until the actual like movie comes out. So, well, and I, I love it coming out right. Uh, around spooky season as well it's it's going to be coming out on netflix on october 28th um and again mm. you just mentioned caroline nightmare before christmas those like it seems like those prime things that people love like lots of people have a go-to as far as nightmare before christmas they'll watch it twice halloween and at christmas because it ticks both boxes you know yeah. caroline's one of those great spooky films but like and it taps into some really good storytelling and elements of horror without like really like making it too terrifying it's not necessarily like a high rating as far as you know it's it's guidance but like it, it's good it's really good so i mm -hmm. i think you know there's a lot of elements here that you know are lined up that could deliver some uh a, a really good film here so I, i'm hopeful i'm hopeful uh yeah I, I think it's gonna be a banger i think it's gonna be uh mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be a hit just with like the name you know names attached to it alone uh like angela bassett james hong like these are heavy heavy hitters like in, in the in the thing and they're on the netflix stop motion thing that we haven't seen in a long time so yeah. as the make like all of the good things for it to be good we're like weird owls like it could be good because it's doing these weird things like it would have to not 
meet a whole it wouldn't ha- it would have to like not check a lot of boxes not to be yeah. amazing when it comes out later mm-hmm. later this month or later this year all right well we took a lot longer than we expected talking about those two trailers this week but hey that's podcasting sometimes right you move on you, you jump around we, we got a little excited but i think we're going to jump into our topic two of the week because we're all steaming we're, we're dying to get into this um so let's move on and dig into our topic of the week which pairs nicely with our conversation from episode five. So in our prior discussion, Kate, Matt, and myself got into the messiness of the recent HBO Max Discovery uh, merger and the alarming trend of deleting content from existence. It was quite scary stuff, frankly. And if you missed that, I really, really encourage you to go back and listen. It was a great conversation. But these past two weeks, that streaming service has seen absolutely mega numbers from the premiere event of The House of the Dragon, episode one and episode two. The server actually became so overloaded from episode one from the views that HBO Max crashed. Uh, but not to be outdone, episode two came and raked in the views upstage from what we saw from episode one and hit uh, views of like 10.2 million, I believe. It was up 2% from the prior episode. So given all the backlash from the Game of Thrones franchise, whether it's in relation to the books of, you know, George R. R. Martin's not moving fast enough, getting them done, or whether it was just how Game of Thrones as a show on HBO failed to really stick the landing, and it left, you know, a lot of sour taste in people's mouths as far as, like, you know, they were done, they weren't going to watch it, and then add on to this as well the feeling that HBO Max has just left people in general around the numerous show and film cancellations it seems clear now that hbo as far as their um announcement recently obviously with house of the dragon and how successful you know that has been then they announced you know the batman universe was expanding under matt reeves and what he's done there people got really excited about that and then they're also doing a future video game adaptation, which people are very excited about with The Last of Us. So it, it's really kind of contrasting based on, you know, one week we've got like, you know, you know, ready with the pitchforks. And then this week it's kind of like, oh my God, have you been watching House of the Dragon? It's mm-hmm. quite literally all anyone's talking about. It's, you know, one of the highest trending topics. And I think it's the being rate, ranked as the... Um, most watched show of 2022 uh, according to one of the measurings as uh, online statistics but i've talked enough let's hear what adrian and nisha have to say so my question for you guys first reaction are you surprised that the tone around hbo max and at warner brothers has changed in the past two weeks thanks to the debut of house of dragon and all of these additional franchise announcements so adrian what do you think pal uh, physical media, physical media. That's all I'll say. No, um, <laughs> no. But like, I mean, I, I honestly didn't really pay too much to the whole. To, I mean, basically, like the, the topic from last week. I really didn't pay too much attention to it, just because it's. It seems like it's happening every single day. With something mm-hmm. is merging into something, or someone is buying out something, and I don't know. I'm just kind of. The, the content's going to come out, and I think we see that in in House of Dragon. You know, I think the shows that people that they know are going to make them money because I, because I remember back back in the day when you had HBO, there was like one or two they had like one or two like banger shows on there and that was like the entirety of their thing. 
I think they just tried to do too much, too many shows instead of like focusing on on things like House of Dragons that is guaranteed print money, guaranteed print money, and now you have the Batman universe guaranteed print money, Last of Us guaranteed printed money, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's just this is where they're trying to go back to where they're only putting their money into a couple of different things instead of spreading their money across a bunch of things. And then you get, you know, bad CGI, you know, television in 2022, you know? So maybe they're just trying to pivot away from like what a lot of these other streaming services are doing where they're going, they're expanding. Maybe they're just trying to shrink down. I don't know. What about you? But as, as someone who was on, as, as someone who was on the, Really, really high on Game of Thrones to really, really hating the last 10 years of my life dedicated to that show to <laughs> being back all the way up here. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Give, me, give me more, HBO. Spend more money on your shows for me, please. What about you, Anisha? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of... I, I agree with Adrian. Like, on the Game of Thrones part, um, similarly, after dedicating all that time and, like, them not sticking the landing, I... I Personally, I was one of those people that was like, I'm never giving any more time or energy into this again. I didn't discredit <laughs> the entire series. I didn't. Li- I liked it. It was just going to be like, I'm going to take my time and I'm not going to dive into the next Game of Thrones spinoff. And I've watched the first, I took my time. I gave it two weeks and I've already watched the first two episodes and I'm down. So I'm back. <laughs> I can just, like, sometimes things are just going to have bad seasons. Like, we don't have to just, like, write them off completely. But, like, on the HBO stuff as a whole... Honestly, I'm not surprised by the change in tone because companies are going to company, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once something seems like super successful and popular, like they just announced this week that Harley Quinn is going to get a season four. Yep. So like my biggest concerns were like, what of my shows are you guys keeping? And that's going to determine if I'm leaving or not, because Harley Quinn, if they got rid of Harley Quinn, I'm like, well, I'm out of here. I have no, there's no, I mean, Insecure has wrapped up. Um, I can, I, I will get rid of my HBO Max and just watch some of Issa Rae's pro- projects throughout the year when they're all out. I'm like, I don't care. I can get, I can come back. But no, I mean, I, I agree with Adrian. Like, I think they're probably going to take their time. I mean, we've seen what's been going on with the DC. Like, DC fandom is no longer a thing now. Um, or fandom. I think they got I, rid of I, that. I, I saw that. So, I, yeah. That was just like breaking news today. So I, d- I wasn't, that's interesting because I wasn't sure if they'd gotten rid of it or they just canceled it. I know they were talking yeah. about they were trying to shift to more of an in-person event as opposed to okay. I think DC Phantom the last couple of years has been a virtual. virtual type event, which for all accounts and purposes seems like it's had a pretty decent viewing. But yeah, it seems like they've got maybe something bigger planned yeah and i don't know if they're trying to do uh, i don't know if they're trying to make dc fandom the answer to disney's d23 um like and maybe that's what they're doing because like after everything that's happened in the last few months especially after um comic-con san diego comic-con dc fans and people were just like well what are we getting besides you know shazam which i i love shazam the things that they've announced so far i'm like yeah i want to see it but like it I think it would be wise for Warner Brothers and DC to take their time instead of like spreading themselves too thin. But at the same time, don't cancel and shelve products that have already been made and created just because it had one bad test. Looking at y'all, Batgirl. Yeah, I it's... wanted to see it. I wanted to see it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, it it's just really interesting. It's this this merry-go-round that we're on with, you know, HBO and HBO Max and Discovery and the whole merger and stuff like that. And and like you said, Nisha, companies are going to company. I mean, based on this merger, it looks like there's been a lot in as far as it's been made. And not to be too punny here, but within the discovery of how the companies are run. Um, yeah. And it happens. I mean, if anyone's worked in corporate america like when someone takes over like there is a, a trimming of the fat so to speak like they they yeah start to see where they can kind of like hey you're could be a little bit more efficient over here like oh we've got a tool that we use that can cut out this whole section of the business so and, and let's be fair i think you know we we talked about it a lot on the, the prior episode but mm-hmm. i think warner brothers as a whole is is been run kind of very messy in the last couple of years some of the projects that have actually gone through have, have not been very successful like i think about um oh my god uh, fantastic beasts and where to find them uh, and yeah. started out as a great franchise it was i i enjoyed the first film but after that massive budgets and real real messy real yeah. like, kind of great and it's a shame again lends itself to a, a pre-existing franchise as far as harry potter which mm-hmm. It's awesome. The fans are there for that, so there's no reason they shouldn't turn out as long as you deliver yeah. a good product. Um, but again, I, I, I think I, I'm not overly surprised that people have changed so quickly again because it does mm-hmm. seem like while they have cancelled some stuff, it, it does look like they're trying to be kind of somewhat ruthless and say, what are our guaranteed hits? Like, What do people like? And then kind of leaning into that and making sure they have the budget to back it up and maybe that's just where they're going kind of like cutting down and saying we don't know if we have enough to allocate we're we're gonna spread ourselves too thin and and in that case like they need to build themselves up again with the messiness of how it's been run like if they continue to run like that like probably put themselves in the ground in a couple years yeah well you know what's interesting is like i kind of had a similar conversation at work today where it's like there's the sphere of marketability and then there's the sphere of like consumer needs so like in this sense it's like there's a sphere of consumer interest and what they will spend money on and what they want to see like a venn diagram yeah Yeah, so we have the venn diagram yeah Yeah, and like what is in that crossover and it seems like hbo max is trying to figure out that and then hbo max and warner brothers is trying to figure out like well what's in that sphere and and when the initial announcement of the merger was and they made it seem like oh we're going to get rid of like I think the Twitter extreme reactions made people think <laughs> that they were going to get rid of everything and we were only going to have non-scripted reality. Um, so You people... mean Twitter Twitter isn't a place for new and nuanced, balanced no. conversation? I am shocked. Twitter has two extremes, wrong <laughs> and extremely overreacting. I'm kidding. No, Twitter's <laughs> a great place. But like if people just looked at like the the timeline on Twitter, everybody would yeah. have assumed like oh my God, so they're going to get rid of everything that's yeah, not scripted. Yeah, yeah. So like, and that was everyone's first reaction. And now here we are two weeks later and it's like, okay, so they're not getting rid of all the scripted series and they're not going to make H and like, cause at first I was like, well, what's left if you get rid of all the scripted series? I- yeah. And it, it, it definitely seems like they've kind of gone through their, their content catalog and their future catalog and basically said, okay, what works like what's going to work for us what do we feel confident in putting out and saying okay yeah this Mm -hmm. is going to be awesome like this is going to be really really good and and it's interesting because i think this serves as a good segue into our you know next 
talking point. What is it about like those HBO originals that just makes them so compelling? That just demands this this audience where people like even before HBO Max with the thing, you know, we had HBO Go and HBO Now and just HBO in general. Like, you know, I think about when people recommend shows. A lot of the things I hear about is you know a Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, a Euphoria, Westworld, Barry, The Wire. Uh, you know, and obviously we're gonna have things coming down the line. Uh, me and Adrian were having a conversation in the discord long ago about um some of the other game of thrones spin-offs that they're mm-hmm. thinking about leaning into as well and then obviously now they're putting money into making uh, video game adaptations like the last of us which is a phenomenal game i just played that recently i just enjoyed the hell out of it um so it's, it's interesting so i guess that's my next question so adrian what is it about hbo originals that just make them so compelling that they have people tuning in for them yeah i think when i look at like the list of their their new things um because i think when they did game of thrones like they they created like the perfect water cooler juggernaut there and then they kind of like rode that for for 10 years which is great um i was i guess the wire too to some extent but not to the to the to the extreme that I think, game of I think thrones that was, was quite quite early like people yeah. refer to it as like one of those big shows but yeah it was quite early in that TV, like exactly. uh, revolution. Yeah, and then, you know another water cooler show. But I think what they what they've been doing like so good lately. When you look at things like Euphoria, is kind of leaning into like the. I mean, can you, is this, is there a Twitter water cooler? That's just the timeline. <laughs> Online <laughs> you know? discourse. Yeah, like leaning into the topics. yeah leaning into the shows that they know that are going to be hits on on social media to drive the conversation. Um, mm-hmm which I think is why it still works so well. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, that's, that's their bread and butter. They, they are water coolers, and they've adjusted with the times to, to be able to do that still. Because, you know, when cable was, like, the only way we could watch stuff, uh, you know, like, Showtime uh, was, like, also had really, really good shows. But when was the last time Showtime did something that you were like, have you seen this show on Showtime? It's amazing, you know, yeah. where yeah. before you could see things on all of those kind of big pay-per-view channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but HBO's, they're, they're able to mold with it. I think that's what, I don't know if it makes them compelling, but I think they, they know the, the way to make the, the shows to get people talking so that they can keep making them over and over again. Like so many Euphoria movies. I don't even think, I've, I haven't even seen the show, and I feel like I've seen it because of Twitter. I was gonna say it's it's maybe the better better term than is to use like engaging like it just it creates something like after you watch that you like you feel that need to talk about it with someone right so mm-hmm. Nisha for you what what do you think it is about some of those HBO originals that draws yeah. people in yeah so for some of them that come to mind for me is like the flight attendant was one that really grabbed my attention and then like the this flag means death that one I mean we've had. The Peacemaker was also like there's just been a lot of different ones oh, that grabbed such my attention. Such a good show, right? And then Minks was one. So like the, those were just a few off the top of my head that I know like I would watch each week. Like and I don't mean like I didn't wait for them to all be out and binge them. I would actually tune in each week. And for yeah. me, I just think like for some of them, I think it's just like yeah, we're craving original stories. Like Peacemaker, like even though it's a known property and a franchise, like it's an original story that got a lot of people's attention. It's just like, oh, we're all curious to know what it's about. And then like, aside from like the DC part of it, it's like flight attendant was one where it's, you know, 
kind of like what Adrian, you, you said, like, I can't think of shows on Showtime. Like, on Stars, I only got Stars because of P-Valley. Like, <laughs> there's, like, but, like, HBO Max actually has, like, a lot of shows on there that I am here and I'm going to tune in each week. I mean, like, H, uh, Insecure was the main reason yeah. why I got HBO Max yeah. in the first That's place. That's another good one. Yeah, and um, that was, like, I had been dev- devoted to Insecure for so long. So, like, and that was the only thing I would have my subscription for was to watch that each week but it's like after hbo max came out with their originals like i really do think they could do a good job of producing compelling dramatic stories that drag like you know depending on what your interests are like they have something for everybody they have your murder mystery um thrillers um they have horror like the horror collection is on there is really good so i'm like i think they have been able to capture lightning in a bottle with some of their shows and it's kind of like you know the ability to keep bringing me back each week whereas like usually i would just wait until i could binge all these episodes but oh even the righteous gemstones like that is my favorite show (laughs) yeah i I I think that i think you make an interesting point nisha like other than like disney plus who else is doing week-to-week episodes yeah uh, you know, and I mean, and obviously, sh- people obviously basic cable shows are right, yeah. but right. like in terms of like the streaming services that are, I was gonna big, say, su- surpri- surprisingly, there's a lot more streaming services lately moving towards that trend. Yeah. Uh, I know Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. uh, does weekly releases, Prime used to drop entire seasons, and they still occasionally do, depending on the property, but they've started leaning towards these weekly releases now um good I feel like there was I'm another glad. hulu hulu's another one but yeah. hulu kind of lends itself with like the next day television like oh you can find it on hulu after it's been on tv yeah. right. uh, but some of their shows uh, like they occasionally do a, a, a binge drop but mostly they've been leaning towards it so it's actually a it's almost like cable 2.0 now we're getting yeah. we're circling back now to like hey weekly releases are fun because you can talk about them or something like that now i know right. matt was here matt would flip out because <laughs> he loves his binge and i do i i like to binge as well it's fun like sometimes you just need to get lost in the story yeah. especially with that show that's so big on the details and like i i would say for the most part like a game of thrones is so heavy on those the minutiae, like the details of, of mm-hmm. specific things, that it it is difficult to get lost in that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 easy to get lost in that week to week. Yeah, I think for me, I enjoy the discussion every week, like on our Discord. You know, mm-hmm. when we have stuff that's week to week, and there's also so much content. I think the binge yeah. stuff was cool when we had like four shows to watch, yeah. uh, but there's just so much content that I feel like now that shows are, because now that I'm thinking about all the shows that we're watching, yeah, I am watching them week to week because that's how they're just, they're starting to release them now. And it's interesting because one of my coworkers um, is a little bit younger. So, you know, streaming's kind of always been like a thing. You know, he doesn't remember Netflix just, on CD, a, on, on DVDs, you know. It's just a bonkers <laughs> thing to <laughs> Yeah. Um, doesn't remember the Netflix DVDs, but oh he's like, I just wish I could just like watch all of House of Dra- House of the Dragon all at once. And I was like, my sweet summer child, <laughs> you don't know that for ten years this is what we did. We waited week to week to find out if Jon Snow was alive. They made to wait a whole season to see if he was actually dead. It's you know, that's the stuff that we had to like oh, do. Oh, and then and the the, uh, the images. Oh, he's being pictured shopping an island. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's growing his hair you know, the, 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 you know, all, all 
way back to like the lost. <laughs> yeah. So like all that stuff. I, I think all that stuff's fun, and I think that stuff gets lost um, in in the binge. I mean, I love a good binge too, but I think as I'm getting busier and as there's like this show that's on my my list and this show that's on my list, it's much easier yeah. to sit down. You know, once once uh, you know, like, hey, do you want to watch this tonight? We watch it. Wait till the next week, then we watch it again. You know, there's no pressure to like carve out parts of my day to watch all of XYZ show. I really think it's kind of almost an art to know like which shows should be been like he like Stranger Things. We talked about yeah. this on the show. Like that's a sh- that's a weekend binge. That's an easily a weekend binge. You that's start it on Thursday. Right. You, you just you get in on Thursday, you finish it by Sunday. Nice. But then there's shows where it's like um Cuphead on Netflix just came out last week. I love it. Um and then like uh, there's the other one, Inside Job, like shows like that. And I guess like the differences is like maybe it's the format and like the storytelling format or like how long it is. I really do. I agree because I'm like, I don't want to binge the entire season of Game of Thrones. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to binge that. I wouldn't want the pressure of having to binge it all. So like, yeah, I agree. Like maybe yeah, it's just but... it's an art of figuring out which series should be, you know, your bingeable series and which ones you want to keep people coming back to. Cause it is a lot of content to keep up with. And then what do you have after everybody's binged it? Yeah. I, I think it becomes a less daunting task when you don't have to binge something. And again, it depends. I think it really is going to depend on the type of person you are. Like some mm-hmm. people just like that binge and like, I just want to consume and then move on to the next thing. I don't like some, some people out there definitely don't need, necessarily the online discourse but i think for those of us that you know are out there and kind of don't mind those that theory crafting as far as and and, and you know house of the dragons definitely done a, a fantastic job in like it is at its core very very good television like mm-hmm. everything that it lays out is specific it's not like one of these things like you're watching a 10-hour movie like that's right. not this it's television like it very much knows it's television and it's it's episodes stand alone and serve the point to the you know the larger narrative and they do a very good job of that uh, and like you said adrian like it creates some really interesting things because th- there is a lot of moving parts there's families and houses there's dragons like there's a lot to kind of keep um and i i think there is some argument to be made that you know from the opposite side of like of binging like while you can get yourself lost in the story like i think when you sit with an episode for mm-hmm. you know a week, you can really kind of appreciate it, and sometimes you you feel that edge to go back and like, I I'm loving this show. I wish I could watch more. But I'm just gonna rewatch the episode again. And you start mm-hmm. to pick up on these little details. Like, oh, I missed that last time. Yeah, I think it makes yeah. you more engrossed in the thing, right? And especially for for what they're doing in this show, because everyone's kind of more or less on the same playing field. Like we know, like the the basic story, but they can basically do whatever they want, and no one can really get too mad because we already know what happens at the very end, you know. Right. So it's it's fine. Um, but I remember like we watched one. We watched. I watched like the first episode, and I watched it again uh, when my wife is home, and I picked up on stuff that I didn't realize the first time. And if I would have binged it, I don't know if I would have caught those details mm-hmm. ever. Um, so I think because it's such quality television, it's so re- easily rewatchable to get more out of it the next time. And even if you, you know, like you said, like letting it sit with you, cause some of this, it's hard stuff like this. This is yeah. not like, you know, like if you ever watch, if you haven't watched game of Thrones episode one, 
you know, mm. it's very cheery. And then it's like, hey, now we're going crazy. Like, no, this is like, yeah, this is this is death from like the very beginning, right? So we're just getting into it. And to, I, I need some time, man. I need some time to sit with these right? uh, another these choices that are being about, made. Yeah, and then another thing to think about is like maybe these platforms, companies, they they've realized. Um, making series bingeable is not like a good way to gauge whether a series is good enough to be renewed. Sometimes, it, I mean, sometimes it works. Like you know, we have our Stranger, we have our Stranger Things, we have our Game of Thrones. But it's like after, like, how many times have we seen creators attached to like these series that are all that when the season's put out for the entire, like all of it's out, and then like please keep rewatching it, please keep rewatching it because they are gonna judge if it's renewable based off of like the first yeah. month's watches. And it's like, say Mono still hasn't been renewed. If Kate was here, she'd be yelling about it too. <laughs> and we still don't know if it's been canceled. But it's like, they put off the whole season and they, like, are, they all, y'all, are y'all really just gauging the amount of watches it got in its first month? And is that, I, again, I don't know how it works at Netflix or any of these companies, but I would yeah. assume maybe they've realized, hmm, if we put something out in its full capacity, like in its complete form, how do we truly gauge if this is a viable franchise to put more money behind? It so works I, for I, Netflix. I was going to say, I think it's an interesting argument because I think um, something like Ozark, because mm-hmm. I think they're, it's tough because I think sometimes we do get lost in the whole narrative. Like if it's not being discussed online, it's not necessarily popular. But right. I think there's data to suggest otherwise because something like ozark i forget the exact data but like it i think like the top 10 most watched shows or something like a lot of them end up being netflix shows because people will watch them but not necessarily feel the need to go online and and talk about them or it's just something that it sits with you like an ozark is one of those shows like it's very very heavy Mm -hmm. and it, it kills it i remember when you know the first uh the last season part one and part two eventually came out it sat in that like top 10 charts for quite a number like quite a number of weeks yeah. uh, it was, but again i i never saw people online talking about it as well so it's tough sometimes to kind of gauge that as far as like well yeah. if you know if people are, aren't talking about online is it is it successful but then you forget sometimes even something like twitter it's such a small social media platform in the grand it scheme is. of things like i think if you see the data compared to like facebook it facebook dwarfs dwarfs twitter so mm-hmm. it's tough sometimes as well like, on that front as well you know what i mean so or like you know if you're in a discord talking about things so it, it's it's interesting so i i think this moves us on to kind of like our, our next and final point do we think based on the feedback and obviously the the, the data is there to suggest people are tuning in for house of the dragon like it is not all doom and gloom for hbo max and warner brothers do we think they now have a, a platform to move move beyond kind of like some the vitriol they've, they've kind of received online? I think they do. I think a lot of this is going to depend on how flexible they can be um, and how much they can adjust to things. Like, clearly they can see that this, this has been successful, so it is worth, like, continuing with some other projects and not canceling everything. But... I really think it's going to depend on like their leadership and how flexible they can be because uh, like uh, companies are going to company if they don't, if they think something's not worth it, they're going to cut it. But at the same time, 
just cutting things because you're like, no, this kind of content's going to do better here and we're just going to get rid of everything else that we had planned. Like, okay. <laughs> Good luck. Just knife in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adrian, what about you, pal? I think they're going to be fine. I'm not worried about... I'm really not worried about it at all. Um, they're they're going to keep making movies because like for every fantastic beast there is especially for like warner brothers specifically there's a batman there's a there's a dune there's a suicide squad that's gonna get them Mm -hmm. get them out of out of the hole of of wherever they're at um yeah and they're they're gonna be fine because like anisha said companies are gonna company and they're gonna find a way to make the money anyway i mean we survived hbo now you know I couldn't even I couldn't even remember that you know HBO I didn't even remember go. yeah HBO remember Go and yeah like all of these things that they these changes that they go through they'll they'll be completely fine they're gonna keep now, on making I was money. gonna say when that first release that was quite like a big deal yeah. I still remember when that first came out because everyone was like this like this is what we've been asking for because <laughs> it was such a big deal because you could only get HBO if you had cable it was a premium channel and now all of a sudden you they were cutting away from cable. It was revolutionary, and you didn't need cable to watch HBO. And yeah, so and, and if I'm being 20, honest, 2014, that was, that was yeah. If I'm, if I'm being honest, if it's one less streaming service that I have to get, great. If if that's where I'm really at at the end of the day, because if there's stuff that I want to watch is more on one thing, then cool. If it was up to me, everyone merges, and then you all put your streaming stuff on one platform, and I just pay you a bill, you know, like cable, but it's streaming. <laughs> I would totally do that. I'm completely great fine. No, no more cable. I'm I'm done with. Ca- I don't want to go back to cable days. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Pay, you're already paying for cable. You're paying for cable right now, Aaron. That's what that's what we're all doing. It's just in a much, much, much more inconvenient way where we have to slip through apps. Like Nisha said the other day, she watched something on her Roku because she didn't want to switch through her apps. Like. I did this not want to log on. Now, Don't make me sound that lazy. I didn't want to log on. No, but on. like sometimes, no. Because <laughs> when you said that, you're right. I was like, I don't want to scroll through. What, what, do, what do we want to watch today? I don't want to scroll through Netflix yeah. to find something to watch, you know? I, I just miss it being easier. And these companies are huge and they make a bunch of money. So I think we put too much stock into what they're going to do because they don't care about mm-hmm. us anyway. As long as you don't cancel Creed three, I don't care what you do, Warner Brothers. Just don't cancel Creed three because then we're gonna have a problem. Yeah, just an, a problem. just another brick in the wall. <laughs> keep, just keep giving me my Harley Quinn. I don't care what y'all do after that. <laughs> and give and keep green lighting Issa Rae. There you go. Creed Creed three and Blue Beetle is the only things oh. I care about. Oh yeah. yeah. Everything else can. Go away, I think. Okay, we need to make a list of demands. Because <laughs> you're right, I do want to Every time I podcast with you, Nisha, it's like, write this down. <laughs> if you're listening, Warner Brothers, it's okay. right. it'll be okay. You'll get, you'll get through it. You're rich. Brilliant. You're fine. All right, thank you guys so much for your thoughts. Uh, moving on, let's take some time to dive into some of the awesome things that we've been watching lately that we think that you should be watching. Um, so... Adrian, what are, what's some of the stuff that you've been watching this week that you think that people out there should really dive into? Uh, this is no surprise, but you should go watch House of the Dragon if you haven't got that out of our conversation, obviously. Um, <laughs> I really haven't watched anything new. We talk, I know She-Hulk, we'll talk about that you know, in another, that's, that's a, another topic for another day. I wouldn't recommend people go watch that. But uh, Little Demon, 
I think it's yeah, FX. animation on FX, right? Yes, yeah, the show on FX. I watch it on Hulu for like the like like you mentioned before the next day kind of viewing thing, and I really liked it. So because it, maybe because it's a weekly, maybe because like I'm, I'm on like an Audrey Plaza kick right now, but it, it it's really really great. Um, the premise is super simple. After being impregnated by the devil, a reluctant woman and her antichrist daughter attempt to live an or, ordinary life in Delaware. Um, yeah. Has Audrey Plaza as the mother, Danny DeVito as Satan, and uh, Lucy DeVito, Danny DeVito's uh, actual daughter, as the you know Antichrist in it. And it's funny. It's just good comedy. It's good comedy, and you should go watch it. I think it's a lot of fun. Awesome. What about you, Nisha? Yeah, for me, Harley Quinn. I've been enjoying <laughs> season three so much. It, it, I know. I know. Uh, just wait till I drop the cosplay of it. Uh, but no, I've been enjoying it a lot. It's my comfort, my weekly comfort show. And like me and one of my best friends, we literally watch it together. And she's in LA. Or no, sorry, she's in Oakland. And we will find the time to watch it together each week. Cause we love it so much. And then I highly recommend reading Chainsaw Man, the manga. Um, the anime is going to be coming out soon. But like I read it and I caught up on it in less than a week. It's 103 chapters now. But it's just so good. And the main character, Denji, is just... you. He's different from all these other main characters. I will just say that. Because he... <laughs> no, I'm not... I'm going to say more. And I'll wrap it up. This man's goal in life is to touch a boob. Uh, that's <laughs> not what I was expecting you to say. He just... He wants to live a good life. He wants to have a girlfriend. And he wants to touch a boob. And it's because he came from, like, having a very terrible life growing up. He had to take on his father's debt. And I'm not even telling y'all, like, the supernatural parts of it. Just go read it. Read the first chapter, and that paints a perfect picture for you. It's really good. So I think people are going to enjoy the anime. <laughs> I am um, baffled. I, I'm just... There, that, I will that, send is you, that is enough to pique my interest. I'm gonna the send supernatural you a and a boob. Supernatural <laughs> and a boob. I'm going to send you a panel of it, because he's like... I just really want to touch a boob. And like, <laughs> he's so different. Um, and then, yeah, I've been watching Housewives of Atlanta and Salt Lake City and what are the, Potomac just because I like to turn my brain off. Um, trash, trash TV. Trash TV is good TV. Watch it to turn off your brain. And awesome. yeah. Uh, I got the chance to review and watch uh, Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. Uh, Paramount Plus, even. Uh, love it. Just absolutely fantastic. It's uh, from the um, creator of Solar Opposites, uh, who was also involved with Rick and Morty, uh, Mike McCann. Uh, and it's got some just awesome voice work. And it's just a good, fun show. Again, it's just one of those shows you can turn your brain off and just enjoy it. It's in its third season now. Uh, so you can go back and binge season one and season two. It's just, just fun TV. Just really, really good stuff. Uh, and I know also been watching. Oh, I have a review on Lower Decks. If you want to check out the website, uh, but I've also been watching Welcome to Wrexham, uh, which is a docu series which uh, follows the events of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney uh, of obviously Deadpool and um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Mythic Quest, uh, as they invest in a football club in Wales, uh, Wrexham Association Football Club who are in the lowest league 
uh, in English football. Uh, and basically kind of like all the obstacles that are there, it kind of highlights the town and the people. And it's kind of got a really charming factor of it, but it's also Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. So it's very funny. Uh, it's it's just really something to watch. It's, it's quite interesting how they balance it all out. So it's a good show. Uh, episode three and four just dropped yesterday, and I will hopefully be getting a review of that up soon. Uh, and I've also been playing, now this is not new, but I, I wanted to plug something that we don't often take the time for, and it's gaming. And I've been playing God of War on the PlayStation 5, and this thing is just utterly phenomenal. Uh, I'm not very far into it, um, but I'm still blown away because I met the World Serpent and I have a new TV and a PlayStation 5 and this thing just looks incredible. I mean, the visuals are just stunning. And I believe uh, God of War um, Ragnarok is coming out in a month, this month. Is it this month? I knew, oh, I think it was coming out September or October. So I know a lot of people are oh. very, very excited about that. And I've, I think this one game of the year when it first came out or something mm -hmm. like that. But... Oh, I'm just loving it. I, I still remember back in the day playing the original God of War on the PlayStation 2. So this mm -hmm. kind of gives me some nostalgic feels as well. But the, it's it's just so prime because of the Norse myth mythology and like Kratos and his relationship with Atreus and, mm -hmm. and just the monster fighting. And the narrative is just really just thick. It's, it's just so good. Like there's a lot there. So I'm excited because I, I, I think I had a rumor that they're trying to adapt this on Netflix. So I'm curious to see what it's going to look like because uh, I guess there's lots of story there to, to mess about with. It just depends on which direction they go. Oh, but, for sure. So it's an older game, but I'm just loving it. I'm loving it. I've never played it, so I'm excited. But that is our show. Thank you so much for listening in. If you like what we're doing, please don't forget to drop us a like, a subscribe, a retweet, or a review on either Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Whatever we can get, we will take. Uh, make sure to check out the site, our YouTube channel, Twitch. Uh, and if you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us on the But Wido Discord, chatting about the latest in pop culture news. Uh, you can find us on discord.gg slash butwithopc. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at butwithopc. Uh, Adrian, where can the lovely people find you if they want to check out more of your stuff and engage with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and anything I'm writing for for the site and stuff, uh, probably through there on my pinned tweet at superreese 93 S-U-P-E. I can't even spell my name today. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long time. And now I just want to go watch all the great stuff you're talking about. That's, that's where my mind's at. But yeah, uh, on Twitter, SuperReese93. There you go. What about you, Nisha? Uh, yeah, y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter mainly at NishaPlays. That's N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. -A -A um, yeah, my cosplays are there. I post about stuff that I'm writing, reviewing, or interested in, all that jazz. And if you guys want to read or hear, me, hear more of my voice, go to butwhythough.net. Secondary plug, secondary plug yeah. for Nisha's cosplays because she's been killing it lately. Oh, cosplays are off the charts, Aww. Nisha. So Thanks, good. y'all. Really, really good stuff. All right, and I've been your host, Aaron. You can find me at British CPA on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find all of my writing on the But Why Though site. Uh, you can find me featured uh, on Twitch and the YouTube reviews. I haven't done one for a while, so I should get on that. Um, but if that's not enough, you can always find me in the But Why Though Discord. I am always present and lurking around somewhere waiting to say hello. Uh, but yeah, 
That's it for this week. Thanks so much, and we will see you next time. Bye.